Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to the 56th episode of What the Wealth. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, certified financial planner, co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners, and owner of What the Wealth. I am hopefully getting near the completion of my second book. I think I've decided on a title, which will be What the Wealth, Identifying Your Core Values, Pursuing Your Dreams, and Combating the Five Big Risks to Retirement. And I spend some time in this book, and I may have said this on a previous podcast, but really identifying your core values, your personal beliefs, identifying and pursuing your dreams, and finding fulfillment by aligning those things together. And that's what I believe really allows people to have a really purposeful, fulfilling, and exciting life in retirement. But we also want to talk about in the book, the five big retirement risk and how do you overcome those and what strategies can you put in place to really solidify your financial foundation and know that you've got a plan in place really to help you follow and pursue your dreams and sticking true to your core values. So we talk about things uh, around taxes, we talk about inflation, how you're going to use your portfolio for withdrawal strategies, how you're going to take income off of that for for living expenses, longevity, how long you're living, and then what your behavior is, how you react and think about money. And, And those things are, I think, very important as, especially as you head into retirement and, and just kind of what you want your life to be. So I'm really excited to have this book coming out over the next 30 to 60 days. I haven't set an exact launch date as, as I'm still just trying to get some things wrapped up. There's a lot that goes into a book. I'm still working on the cover design. You have to have a formatter. You have to have uh, an editor. You have to have a cover designer. There's just a lot of, of kind of goes into it that is separate from the actual writing of the book part. So again, really excited to get that done. And for those that don't know, I have my first book was dedicated to my daughter. So obviously, now that I have two children, I had to write another book because number one, there was more I wanted to say, but I don't want Jack to use it as a black to to black label me later and say that I don't love him anymore because I didn't write a book and dedicate a book to him. So double whammy, more to talk about on retirement planning and was able to dedicate a book to my son which is super cool because now he'll have something, a keepsake item, just like my daughter has a keepsake item, words from their dad. So I'm actually really, really proud of that. And and know it's one of those things that can never be taken away no matter what happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm just proud of, of that accomplishment. I can check that bucket list item off and I can, you know, work on pursuing the next dream. That's really kind of an exact example of why I think it's important to focus on core values and your dreams. And actually, I didn't even mean for this podcast to dive into kind of as much talk around this book as it has. But 
let me finish this thought and then we'll transition to what I really wanted to talk about. The book, what I just said about, you know, being able to dedicate this book to my son, you know, family is important to me and one of my core core values. And so obviously financial planning and, and investment management is also very important to me. It's part of my career. It's, you know, a lot of how I identify myself. I'm a um, I'm a certified financial planner. And, and a lot of times we identify ourselves by our careers. That's what, one of the major things we do in our life. But I don't always think that's how we should solely identify. And so to be able to write a book that is career focused is, is a huge accomplishment, but also to be able to tie it in on the dedication of Jack and make that something that no one can ever take away from either one of us really is back to that purpose, the fulfillment the, um, that I'm really trying to get clients and prospective clients to think about as they work with me when they're doing financial planning is to think about your core values, try to pursue and identify the dreams. And once we marry those, you've got really a perfect harmony to, to really have that fulfillment. So that's enough about the book. I'll keep you updated as more come, uh, more information comes along, but stay tuned for it. I'm really, really excited for it. The next thing I want to talk about is, is really the topic of this podcast, and that is not really a case study, but an example of a real life example of how you know, financial planning can really come to fruition to, to help you pursue those dreams. And this is not specific advice. It's not something I'm recommending you go do. This is just from a, a client conversation I've had with this particular client. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but what it's allowed them to really do is to really think about what they're, what they're trying to do and look at it from different perspective. And so Specifically, we're going to talk about how current situation has allowed them to really fast track what their end goal is so that they are able to really advance on their ultimate goal. Actually, I don't like goals. Everyone knows that that's listening to this probably, but ultimate dream and really get kind of laser focused here as we get close to the finish line on uh, the next steps. My friend, Anthony, Anthony Ruffalo, another certified financial planner and colleague that I know through the investing world, great guy, fabulous financial advisor and fabulous financial planner. Uh, and we're not, you know, there's no relationship with him and I just, a you know, a friend that happens to be also in the business. And he said not long ago that inflation is what we call it when you don't own something and it gets, you know, the price of it goes up and up and up, but appreciation is what we call it when we own the asset and the value goes up. And it's kind of like a, well, duh, but I've never really actually thought of it, like wrote it down in that kind of context. But once he said that, it struck me like that's absolutely true. When gas is going up, that's inflation. We don't own the gas. We need it and we got to pay for it. But it's different than 
owning a piece of real estate or stocks or some sort of hard asset where, you know, over time, as it quote unquote inflates, it appreciates. And as we own it, we call that appreciation. Um, but for some, for someone else who doesn't own it, that's inflation to them. And I think that's a, a great concept to try to understand as I, as I talk about really the story. So about three or four years ago, I started working with this couple and they're really fantastic people. They have a, a strong desire to retire early and move overseas to Europe and enjoy life over there. And they're in a very unique position to do that because they don't have kids. So they don't have strings, not that kids are strings in a bad way, but you know, they don't have anything necessarily holding them here. And so for the ability for them to kind of just pick up and uproot their lives here in the United States, even if someone's moving from state to state, while it might be hard, it's still really easy to, to get from, you know, somewhere in the United States or somewhere else. And while we can fly on airplanes, you know, from one continent to the other, it's not as easy really just to uproot yourself and move from one place that you've always known and, and to move somewhere else. And there's a lot of things that come into play, language barriers and, and culture and adequate retirement planning. You know, do you have enough to actually make that work? And what are the laws like over there? And how do you incorporate that with laws over there versus laws here? And what's happened over the last probably 12 months or so is, as everyone is aware, a very rapid increase in home values. And what they have decided to do is sell their house and capture current equity, whatever that is. Um, And I have an idea of what it's going to be, and it's going to be It's going to be very good for them, but for them, I guess for, for other people, the concern is, well, if I sell and capture the equity, if I sell my house and I capture the equity, where am I going to go? Cause we're still under supply. Rent is outrageous. And, you know, I'm just worried about, you know, what would I do? Even if I sold, I could make some money, but there's nowhere for me to go. Uh, And that's a concern really I've heard from people across the country you know, prices are substantially higher than they were even three years ago. So what what they're planning to do is cash in on the equity, sell their house. They are going to go rent and they're going to go rent a small apartment downtown, which will be uh, about the same price as their mortgage, uh, slightly more. They're obviously going to have a little bit less room. They're giving up their own private backyard. So there's some things they're giving up. But in their mind, what they realize is, okay, we do this and we can get laser focused and we can get, you know, several hundred thousand dollars in our pocket right now. And the concern was, I don't know when rates go up, how much of that equity will still be there. And I think that's a very valid point. We've seen one interest rate hike in, in March. And they're projected to hike again in May. And who knows what that hike will be? Is it half a point? Is it three quarters of a point? But as rates go higher, traditionally, values of assets 
will go down, especially things like mortgages, because when when rates are going up, that means it costs more for people to borrow the money, which means it takes more money to service the debt, which means they can buy less house or they can't afford as much house. And so for them to be able to capture some of this equity, they need to go ahead and sell now before the rates continue to move up. So by doing this, they're going to go rent for a year, pay slightly more than their mortgage payment now, which some would say, you know, why would you do that? For them, again, it makes sense because five more years from now, they're not even going to be here. They're going to be overseas in Europe, and they're not even going to need to own own a house here. So why not take advantage of what you know now? A bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, the, the old saying says. And and I'm not making a call on really what real estate's going to do. All I'm saying is that for them to, to be able to capture that equity versus, you know, th- what is going to be and what's our house going to be worth in five years? I mean, that's a big unknown in a rising rate environment. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Their plan from there in our conversations was, well, if rates continue to rise and home prices do fall, you know, we'll, you know, after we've rented for a year, we'll be able to kind of see what the market's doing. Hopefully, more supply comes back on the market. We can buy a much smaller house, pay cash for it because we've got this equity that we just captured, pay cash for that house and live in it for the remaining, buy, buy a smaller house, live in it for the remaining you know, one to three years that they still plan to be stateside here in the United States in Tennessee. And then once they do decide to move to Europe, they could then sell the house is option one, but option two would be to rent the house and then create another stream of passive income for them to help generate some extra income to live on. But not only that, they would still own a piece of equity or asset here that historically has appreciated in value. So not only would they be able to own an asset that they could always sell later, but they would also be able to get passive income through rent and the ability to raise rent or provide themselves a cost of living adjustment as they raise rent in the future. So this obviously won't work for everybody, but it's it's something that I wanted to share as a way to really help people to understand what financial planning is and how it evolves. This really just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, this this has all happened within a seven to 10 day period of, of us talking. And I just think it's important to kind of understand the, the power of financial planning thinking and talking through strategies and and being able to talk through these strategies kind of helps you get out of your own head and wonder, am I doing the right thing? What even is the right thing? And and just kind of have someone to bounce ideas off of. And so in this case, I think it's something that that makes a lot of sense only because they were going to do it anyway. This just kind of fast track that And not actually fast-track the time, the timing is still the same, but it fast-tracked the equity and the monies they needed. And so they felt it was time and and comfortable to go ahead and pull the trigger and say, okay, I I think we're at a good spot here. Let's kind of 
you could say lock in by selling their house. Let's go ahead and lock in what we have. And then we'll just take the next step. And then as they rent for a year or so, the next step will present itself. Is that, you know, is that being in a position to buy a smaller house because a new house pops up, they can pay cash, boom, close quickly. Or is it continue to to rent and and just kind of wait it out? But there's lots of options with that. So again, not really a, a case study or or anything like that, more of just a way that I can try to bring financial planning to life a little bit in a real world example versus, you know, talking strategy about what is this, what is that, you know, kind of topic based. And so I hope hope this help conversation today has been helpful around just thinking about bigger picture financial planning, what some of these things that are going on in the economy can do to help you move forward in really pursuing your dreams and your objectives uh, so that you can live that fulfilling life. So thanks again for listening to episode 56 of the What the Wealth podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. You can subscribe. Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Apple, iTunes. So if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe uh, to the podcast. Um, Be on the lookout for more information about the new What the Wealth book. And as always, if you have questions, please reach out, Jonathan, at whatthewealth.com. Thank you all for listening. Create the life you love. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. The information of this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.